right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. Fired up today, man. We're talking the spots. You know the spots. Everybody knows the spots. Kevin, which one of your friends, when you were, you know, in the in the thick of your car days, one of your friends had the coolest garage, coolest shop. Everybody went there and hung out. Everybody got to do, you know, use the lift or the tools or. You know. Yeah, sometimes it's your job shop that you get to use or they get to use, you know, like. Yeah. Absolutely. I know when I um, I moved up to Detroit, man, this is car city, motor city. And, uh, you know, working at Ford, all the old timers, got some cash, building pole barns. I mean, uh, rubbing elbows by helping people with their pole barn, hoping that maybe you get to use their pole barn. <laughs> man, we all want. This is, all right, there's many things in life we want to be just like Willie, <laughs> and this is one of them today we're talking about, is where to, where to put your cars, where to build your cars, where to put your tools, what does your shop and garage look like? Because this man right here on the other side has an unbelievable set of garages, every, every one of them to be uh, completely jealous over. So when the realtor was here, I found the house myself. I gave him the address. I said, I want to put a, you know, an offer in on this house because the house was being built. It wasn't finished. So I just wanted to give him a walk away, pack up your tools and bust a stroll offer and, you know, get off my property. <laughs> so I rolled down the driveway um, and the real estate agent was parked at the house. I rolled right by him and drove right up to the shop. And he's like, don't you want to see the, the house? And I'm like, no, this is where we spend my time. I want to see this. So we went in my garage first, <laughs> and I never forget. It was 2004, and at the time, I was like, "How on earth will I ever fill up a garage this big, a shop this big?" Yep. And honest to God, like four or five years after that, I was adding on to it. A couple years after that, I built another garage at the top of the hill. <laughs> I got a five-car garage in the house. Like, man, look, you got to grab garage space whenever you can because it's always, always valuable always valuable as big as you can absolutely because i did the same thing my my first house i bought here in detroit it was you know looking through all the listings finding one with the biggest garage i drove there myself you know found it <laughs> myself same thing like 
okay. I told my, <laughs> I called my realtor. I'm like, whenever you can get here, I'm ready. I'm just going to take a peek <laughs> yeah. inside the house to see if it's okay. Cause otherwise yeah. I'm buying, you know, like, and that's kind of what you got to do. Uh, and so there's a, there's gotta be some tricks and tips cause finding through all the ad listings and everything, something with a garage. Cause they're always mentioning how many bathrooms it has. And you're like, no, I want square foot shop space, you know, but it doesn't just come up on the front of the listing. How many lifts does it have? You know? So, <laughs> so anyway, guys, we've got Brian yes. McNamara here. He started gearhead homes for the exact reason that we're sitting here talking about. How do you find a house with shop with garage, right? Like, how do you find those places? They're just kind of a dime, you know, they're lost in the weeds and, uh, you know, hard to get. So, uh, we're going to yeah. come back after the break here in a minute, bring on Brian and, uh, really pick his brain on what are some of the best strategies and with this market coming up 2024, you know, that's what I was going to bring up, man. It, they're, they're strategies. There's formulas and hey, Brian, you could probably chime in now, but there definitely is something going on with the market. We've seen it pivot from one scenario to another. It seems like something is going on, but strategy has to be a part of the game plan. I imagine anytime you're looking at a place or a property with large garage spaces. Yeah. I mean, well, there's strategy on both sides of it, buying it and selling it. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So but I got one question for you guys. If you, you know, if you're, if you're ready to sell your place, don't you want a real estate that cares about your garage as much as you do? Well, that's a good point, yeah. right? Because <laughs> you've got this yeah. asset that there's going to be, right? It's like, you know, putting your car in, a, in an auction. You want two guys that want it and bid high, you know? Mm -hmm. So you want to put Amen. your house with an asset like a shop or a garage somewhere where, you know, there's guys like us trying to find it. So making a good match. So <laughs> right. absolutely. Well, that's the thing yeah. yeah, finding it, that's the most important thing. That's where we come in because we've got the tools and the proprietary solutions to make that happen or we find more listings of big garages. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it, it, it all needs wife approval. So that's the first thing you got to do. <laughs> you got to get wife approval, ready, set and aimed at the crosshairs so that when you get this spot, you get this property with the garages, you ready to pull the trigger. We'll talk about all the steps needed flowers, throwing chocolate at her, right formulas, get the right interest rates and all of it. Garage space is king. All right, let's talk about it when we get back from the break. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He's Kevin Bird. I'm Willie B. We'll catch up in just a minute. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. All right, we got to talk some adulting, all right? I'll be honest. I'm going to be straight up. Adulthood, that's the worst hood I ever lived in, y'all. It's terrible. Um, but but we're going to talk some adult talks today because in the end, it's where everybody needs to get to, everybody wants to be. When you're a car guy, when you're a car enthusiast, man, there is so much opportunity if you have a lot of garage space. And I'm not just talking about your own projects. Hell, for that matter, think about side hustles nowadays. 
You know, it's crazy, man, to think what you can earn. I got I got some friends that got to retire early, and they make little side hustle cash money just doing you know easy car stuff. Because if you're going to a, 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 a you know repair shop, it's a lot of money. It's a healthy bill to get ball joints and brakes nowadays. You know, I saw a four thousand dollar bill the other day on a woman I gave a car to. You guys know I do a car for Christmas program. Well, I given a car to a woman, and she brought in a bill from her other car that she was still paying that doesn't run four grand for ball joints and brakes. Like, think about that, y'all. That's a crazy expensive. So if you can do that as a side hustle, maybe that's something to think about. There's always ways you could utilize garage space, and we got the man that can deliver garage space. When you Google garage space, Brian shows up, y'all. No joke. He'll show up right at your front porch like ding-dong the second you Google. He's like a Facebook ad, but he's personal. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Brian. So what got you into starting Gearhead Homes? I mean, it makes a lot of sense, but I didn't know anybody else doing it. Right. We've been friends for a long time and, and Brian was in you know the car scene just like us and said, guys, you know, I, I'm shopping for my house. I can't find one with a garage. Is is that kind of where you were spinning your wheels with, you know, I can't find it for myself, so I assume everybody else is having the same problem. Maybe I should jump on it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's when I was I mean, I when I was first looking for my first home, um, I wanted a house with a big garage, but I couldn't find anything. I ended up buying a condo with a single car garage, but every, every real estate I talked to, yeah. Yeah. Uh. we all got to start someplace. So <laughs> the, uh, so the, uh, well, I was, you know, I was younger then, but the, right, right. uh, yeah. So it, I mean, it all came down to, I mean, I couldn't find anything and, uh, agents that I talked to, they were taking me houses with no garages. And I'm just like, this won't work. They're like, you can build a garage. I'm like, I don't, did you look at my budget? I don't have a budget to build a garage. So I need something that has something existing. And I mean, I worked in the performance automotive industry for a lot of years. And um, that's how it kind of came about. Cause I was, you know, wanting to get into real estate, started doing it with my own income properties and whatever. And then I had a lot of my friends ask me, Hey, can you find me a house with a big garage? And, um, you know, as I started kind of looking at that and working with some friends, finding them houses with big garages. Um, it just kind of morphed into what I do now. And this is, you know, we're a full-time thing. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it, it was out of necessity. Basically I was, uh, I wanted a big garage myself and I, I couldn't find somebody to help me out with that. So I figured that was a need that needed to be filled. One of the weird things is the unfortunate paradox that lies out there in the real world, if you if you find a place with an enormous garage, something that you can have the freedom to to you know uh, expand some of your talents, maybe paint cars, do whatever it is you like to do, store several cars. Normally, that's attached to a place well above and beyond your budget. <laughs> Rarely do you find a massive garage space utilized or attached to you know a smaller house good for you know the man and his dime and maybe a, a little kiddo or two but really the garage is, is the king for you know people that i know and people like kevin and myself and uh the people we run with you know our type so how do you shop and find retail space where or, or home space where you can get a, a decent home but exceptional garage because those don't normally uh, cohabitate, uh, exist in a cohesive relationship. You know, you get one with a big house, not a smaller house with a massive garage. Well, you'd be surprised because when I first started the business, I thought maybe it was a bad idea because I wasn't finding a whole lot with, you know, houses with big garages. But then I realized that 
um, what was going on is there wasn't a whole lot of data on the garage in the MLS system, which is the multiple, multiple listing system. So um, I had to figure out a way to actually dig that information up because I was driving around. I'm like, well, there's a big garage. There's a big garage. You know, there's, they're all over the place. So, and, you know, I mean, it's a little better because I'm, you know, I'm from the Motor City. So there's a lot of engineers who have built houses and built big garages to go along with them. So there's good inventory here. There are some spaces around the country where there's not a whole lot of good inventory with big garages, but we definitely have created a way to dig those up and find those um, based on software and some other things that we've got proprietary to us. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's the first key to everything is finding them. So, yeah. Cause right. Yeah. Like we talked about before, everybody, everybody buying a house, right. It's not necessarily a car dude. And they're looking for a number of bathrooms, big kitchens, all that stuff, right? So it doesn't show up on the MLS listing. So, yeah. right, you can't just surf through there and, and they just, you know, order up, you know, top biggest to smallest, you know? Yeah, well, it's getting better because we've been working with the MLS system, especially locally here in Michigan, to add more features for the garage to the MLS. So now when we put in there, and then also, too, anytime we come across other agents that aren't in our niche, we ask them and, and try to try to educate them on what we do and say, please, when you get listings with big garages, please put as much information as the MLS as possible. We've actually helped the MLS add these other features to it, helps us find them for our clients. And it also you know, helps people in general just to find them you know, if they're looking on their own. So this guy's like the Santa Claus of big garages, man. He's ready to just make our Christmas Trying. right Trying. shine, <laughs> uh, doing stuff that nobody's ever done before. And, well, you know what else? I, I think I pay attention to the listings because when I stumbled upon this house, because I was doing what you were doing, I was looking in the MLS, had my feelers out there on a spot with a you know some garage space. Well, this place, it's a you know my my one shop is 155 feet long, like 58 feet deep, you know, and it was marketed as a mm -hmm. horse property, and it's concrete floors throughout. Like, and I was like, horse property? Who's gonna bust up all this concrete? lay stables out the right. other end and some people i think just have it marketed wrong or think they're they get more money in this niche or that one or whatever and in reality is there's a lot of car guys out there you know that wouldn't look necessarily under horse property to find a, a dream yeah, garage yeah. that's where you come that's in that's where yeah it's where a seller needs just as much yep. as a buyer yeah, to market, to market it, it properly right and and, and maybe it's a, an old farmer but to us, man, maybe I pour a concrete floor on a dirt big old barn, but I've got the space and the price is right. And it's an old farmhouse yeah. I can fix up or yeah, whatever, you know, like, so. They'll say so one Ryan, of my first clients, he, we found him a property that was a horse property and had a 4,400 square foot barn and he, it, it was dirt floor, had the horse stables and everything else in it. And it was the biggest thing we could find as far as outbuilding in the area he wanted. And uh, he converted it into an awesome, awesome fabrication shop. So he concrete on the yeah, floors i've got a plasma cut i mean anything you think any tool you can think of for metal fabrication and building he, he built he built an awesome shop there i've seen plenty and i've got a buddy uh not too far from here he's got you know he bought a barn a house with a barn and you know it's an old historic barn and he's fixed it up and it is the coolest shop slash hangout slash you know throw a shindig kind of with the big yep. bonfire out in the yard, you know, like, yeah, that's what I'm trying to do personally with a house we bought three years ago. It came with yeah. three outbuildings. One of them's the shop, 
And, you know, I mean, you've been there, you've seen it, that we've done a lot of work to that. And then the, the barn barn, and these are built back in the forties. It was one of the original farmhouses in the area. So we've renovated the house and the shop, shop first, sorry, wife, but the, um, the barns next. And that's what we're going to turn into like our entertaining area. We're going to build a deck and a screening porch on it and uh, put a bar in it and everything else. So that's going to be, you know, the hangout area. So we're going to entertain for friends, family, things like that. It's right next hey, to the shop. And hey, well, we're at it, man. Uh, can, can we all three agree that Walmart should build like an observation deck and make it like a bar where you could buy drinks yeah. and just watch, watch people? I think that'd be awesome. <laughs> I think any, the per, the any kind of note. major shopping area where we sometimes get drug into it that we don't want to <laughs> yeah. should have a a bar and observation deck. Yes, area. Hey, man, let, let me ask you this. You do this all over the country, right? We got to talk about the big elephant in the room. You know, it's great to talk about all this garage space and, man, I found this place, and then this place is great. This place is awesome. Uh, interest rates, man. Interest <laughs> rates. I remember it wasn't that long ago. I got another house not too far from my radio station. I used to basically use it as a tax haven. Anytime I get close to 200000 I'll just refi that thing, drop the interest rate, pull out some money, go buy another car, or, you know, finish up a project like I got back here, whatever. Well, about a year, year and a half ago, two years ago, all that stopped. <laughs> uh, I remember the last time I refied it, I got like a 2.55. Uh, and then, you know, whatever, two and a half, three years ago, it was like, nah, nah, no thanks. So what... We got to take a break, but interest rates are a big player in the game. They got to be. Even now, even with the interest rates gone down, they've gone down a little bit. And I know, you know, maybe that's something we should talk about where you can get interest rates at now, where you can buy them down to, because I know you can still, you know, buy some down if you got a little spare money in there. Are there ways to get into a, a car friendly place at the same time as friendly enough on your budget where you're not blowing everything yeah. you got in the bank to, to and do? It's it. a lot of that. Should I buy yeah. now? Given the way things are looking, yeah. how are they looking, or should I wait? You know, yeah. what, well, what do you, what do you mean, weigh in with all thing that? Is, yeah, main thing is, is we're, we're not going to see those low rates like that for a very, very, very long time. So it's going to be ever. it's going to be a new world <laughs> for for real estate for a while. So yeah, all right, man. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's take a break. When we come back, more on how he's able to locate these, more on the formula that it takes to get one. How much money do you got to have down? Where are you looking? Where might we look in order to find the best bang for buck? Because, you know, real estate, you know, real estate is a lot like burying bodies. It's all about location, location, location. Um, so keep that in mind. When we come back, we'll talk about the best location, where to go uh, and what to do. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He's Kevin Bird. I'm Willie B. We're back after the break. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. We have our boy Brian on, and Brian does something very unique. Um, very, You would call it very niche, but it's something that's such, I think, overlooked in so many areas. He finds places with big garages, places that you and I, if you're listening to this show, you're dying to get your hands on. He finds them all over the country. He'll basically take your budget, find you a spot where that budget can work for all your cars, all your toys, all your fun, everything goes into it. It doesn't have to be a car. It can be woodworking. It can be anything. Where to put your ping pong table, you know? <laughs> uh, exactly. So, all right, so we got to ask about what is your market forecast? Because obviously interest rate's a big player. You know, I hear they're in the sixes now. If you got some extra money, you could probably buy them down in the fives at closing uh, by a point or two. But where do you see that? 
that changing? What's the right formula? How much money down does somebody need nowadays? And we're talking, you know, uh, give us a few different destination cities and areas to kind of pick and choose from. But what are you seeing in the market out there? Um, well, it's, I mean, interest rates did drop down for a little bit. I mean, they were up in the eights for a little bit and then they, uh, came down to the sevens. They started bringing them down fed and everything else, but they, uh, there's a lot of factors involved in that, but they're kind of hovering around the six and a quarter, six and a half percent right now. And there was um, there was a plan to bring them down even more during you know this year over the summer, um, but that's just kind of been uh, the Feds are kind of taking that back right now because all of a sudden they're saying okay, inflation's kind of gone up a little bit again. Um, we're looking at uh, credit cards. Transitory, Brian. Transitory. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> um, loan delinquencies, credit card delinquencies are up. Um, you know. Credit cards are up bad. I saw the stat the other day. Yeah. Over a trillion dollars, like one point. I can't remember what the other number was, two or four or something. Trillion dollars in, in mm, credit card yeah. debt. I mean, that is that's unbelievable where everybody's headed with that credit card debt and the interest rates on that. Yeah, I mean, the debts, I mean, the debts always going to go up. The, the biggest numbers, though, are what's happening with the delinquencies or people paying them on time. If they're paying them on time, that's fine. But if they're not paying them, that's when that can have a, a factor on the interest rates and the economy and everything else. And it's just a forecast. What is that window, Brian? You know, you, you get a you get a late payment or something like that. Does that really hit your credit? You would know. Is it 30 days? Is it 40 days? Say, you know, I got a renter up the road in that other house I was telling you about. He was delinquent this month. He didn't get it till you know, to me till the 5th or 6th. So I sent it out a little bit late. Um, is that one time going to hit your credit report? Uh, does it take 90 days? What, what's the formula there? Credit reports and all that stuff and their formulas are voodoo. It's, it's you know, it, it you can't say, you know, I don't know. It, it's a difficult thing to put a finger on as far as what's going to be recorded or what's not. What we just try to do is, is, is educate our clients to make sure that they're not delinquent on anything. But I mean, then it's just a factor that's involved when it comes to the feds making a decision on whether they're going to like increase or decrease interest rates. And right now they're trying to, they're trying to put a cap on the whole inflation thing. And, and the, uh, you know, they came out a couple months ago and said that it's under control and, uh, and they kind of pulled the, you know, or loosened the reins a little bit and then pulled back on the interest rate dropped it down a little bit. And now they're looking at the data saying, okay, now we, the economy's too good and you're spending too much money and the job reports up and everything else. But then we're getting conflict on the job report where you got these corporations like paychecks are saying, well, what's really down is um, like seasonal jobs are really, really down. Like there wasn't a whole lot of seasonal jobs where they usually, there usually is over the holidays. And uh, so they're saying jobs are down. So it, it's kind of a back and forth with all that, but all that impacts the market. And the good thing is, is that election years are historically good for real estate. So we're in an election year and nobody's going to want the economy to you know, take a turn or whatever. So they're going to be doing everything they can to steer the ship in the right direction, to make sure the economy is good for this year because there's elections coming mm. up. So um, so this might right, be a right. good year yes. yeah. to try to get something landed. Do you, do you think it's a turnaround year? Do you think it's a year that will be good for real estate and what kind of incentives are out there to make it? Uh, it's definitely a good year for real estate. Um, incentives, really incentives are now I try to buy before the summer, you know, the summer hits and there's more competition on the market. Um, interest. So the Fed's talking about holding interest rates until the third quarter of this year. 
So we may see just a steady six and you know six and a quarter, six and a half interest rate the whole year up until third quarter when they make a decision on whether they're going to lower it or, or increase it. So it's it's going to be nice because I think if they started to drop the interest rates again, it's going to create another frenzy of buying. Where I mean, we're already seeing it right now that there's again as soon as the first of the year hit, multiple offers on properties and people are paying over you know over list price for the properties. Which I don't think, personally, I don't think is good at all. It's just going to keep increasing, and it's and it's already spiked up. Yeah. Um, what what happened to the housing boom? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out in Colorado, man, and these homes have popped off in value like crazy. And it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like this housing boom is ever going to happen because every time we read a paper, the average home in Denver, Colorado, average home, just average ordinary everyday home, seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. Which is it's so harder and harder the, for, for especially first time home buyers, which we deal a lot with. It's it's yeah. harder and harder for them to buy a buy a home. Yeah, and I don't um, I don't know if we're building. I don't think we're building as fast as we wanted to build, which would kind of ease right some of the demand because the interest rates are so high, right? Because uh, yeah, yeah. builders have to take loans a lot of times to build, and that just costs more, and everything's slowing down. So yeah, well, building is great for the. Uh, middle upper class, you know, middle upper class uh, um, demographic because builders want to build homes that are you know, pretty much like four hundred fifty thousand dollars and up. The problem is, is the lower income, you know, homes and the uh, you know the, the people who are buying below that amount. Uh, there's builders don't want to build those homes because they don't have the margin in them. And then um, you've got uh, Wall Street buying up those houses also and investment properties. So you have a lot of competition for that lower priced home because the big companies want to buy them for for rentals and whatnot too. And what's going on? I was going to explain that. Can you get into what's going on and what people should look out for? Because you hear whispers about that that big companies, BlackRock, and these big companies buying up real estate. Uh, is that actually happening? Yeah. Well, it's not whispers. I mean, you can go. Yeah. I mean, you can talk to companies right now on Wall Street, and you're you're basically when you instead of buying a stock you're putting money into an investment uh with a company that's buying up properties for rentals and and flips so you see you're gaining money on that money that you're investing in that company because of the properties they're they're buying renting and flipping so i mean that's that's a new new way for you know for uh uh wall street to you know to to make money so it's and that's that's it it's a tough thing, and it, sure, putting a pinch on a lot of people. Yeah, and there were some things that were put in place uh, last year that that made it harder and harder, a little bit harder for for people to buy the income properties. They raised the interest rates on that and um, added some taxes in there and whatnot. So to make it to try to slow that down a little bit, but it's really not helping much. So there's still a ton of competition on those lower priced homes, and that's where first time home buyers usually purchase in. So that's and the tough market. Where's the hot place in in the country right now? Obviously, I mentioned Colorado. You can't get much of it. You, I don't know any homes under four hundred thousand uh, dollars. You can't even think about a you know a home here for under three fifty. Um, they'll find you a hundred thousand dollars just for thinking about it. Uh, so where are the hot where are the hot markets? Is it Montana? Is it still Tennessee? Is it Florida? Is it um, you know, where's the hot spots? There's plenty. I mean, a lot that you just listed. I mean, Florida's still hot. Uh, it's it's we keep an eye more on what markets are declining versus which ones are hot, just because that's usually an indicator of the market. But um, usually, the hottest markets we keep an eye on are Texas, especially like Austin or whatnot. They kind of 
they kind of um, paved the way for what the market's going to happen. They've actually taken a little bit of a, I mean, as far as I remember just looking recently, it looks like they're, they were actually having some price decreases and not selling as high as they have been. There are certain parts of the, there are some parts of the country that are declining in price, in real estate price. But a lot of those areas are more remote areas that people moved to during the pandemic where they could remotely work. But now um, what's going on is a lot of the corporations are bringing people back into the office. Like GM, I think just, um, it's called everybody back for, you know, they want everybody back for like three days out of the week or whatever. And I mean, there were some yeah. people that moved down. Cause to, it matters. Yeah, there's people that moved down to Florida. It's going to be interesting. Cause yeah, I was, I, I was down working from home. Uh, you know, I'm in Michigan. I was working from home in Florida over COVID one winter and, you know, just walking through the neighborhoods. Cause man, you can be outside in the winter in Florida. It's crazy. I, I don't know. Uh, not in Michigan and probably not in some of Colorado, but Looking at, at home prices and just literally in the six months we were there because of COVID, things were doubling, you know, like just screaming and they've doubled again for some of the properties that were sitting there. And it's because, right, people could work from home. But with the pullback, maybe there's going to be there was a big swing mm-hmm. in where Absolutely. property values went um, from COVID. And there might be a little bit of a retraction, but I don't think it's going to go back. Right. I think there's still a lot of work from homes, just maybe not as much as people. Yep, were hoping. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Wait, what about emissions? Because where I live currently in Denver, you need emissions. Where I'm at in Elbert County, you cross the Elbert Douglas County line, which is about two miles to my left. That's your all's right. Um, all of a sudden, you need emissions. So I chose a place that didn't have emissions. You see a lot of people trying to get out of the, you know, the cities or at least close enough to the cities where emission is a hang-up for them? Because I know there's a lot of trucks, a lot of F-250s running around. Kevin, what's emissions? We live in we live in Michigan. I don't. What's what's emissions? Yeah, we, live in, <laughs> we live in Motor City, where we just, you know. Yeah, I don't know what emissions. We, we, are. we fatten up. We fatten up the mixture, man. We, <laughs> you guys really? You don't have emissions there? We put big there? blowers on stuff. Man. Not in Michigan. Wow. Yeah, yeah, not in Michigan. Yeah, no. but I could see where that's that's an issue. Yeah. Right? No. Yeah. yeah, it can definitely be an so. issue. So yeah, it, it and that's and. Uh, you know, part of the whole gearhead thing and, and, and finding a big garage, you know, that's definitely an, an element of uh, where you want to be and where you want to live. So it's uh, I, don't, I don't pick where you want to live. I just tell me where you want to live and I'll find you a house in a big garage there. <laughs> uh, how do people find out more about you if they're looking for that spot, that garage, that shop, that future and that opportunity? Where where do they find you online? Is it just gearheadhomes.com? Yeah, and so we're revamping and putting a new website up. So the old website's more just for informational purposes, but we're we're, we're coming out with a new website that's going to have a search and some other things too. But uh, we do most of everything on social media. So I mean, Facebook, Instagram, all those. So social media is big for us. We post stuff every day on that. We have a ton of followers. So I mean, that's one way to look us up. Um, that's a fun one to follow too, because you know, even if you're not going to buy something. It's always cool to see some big, cool garage or barn dominium or something that pops up on your social. Yeah, yeah. You know, b- before we go, barn dominiums are a big move. My, uh, I got a my wife's sister. Uh, they're they're building a barn dominium in Tennessee right now, about to finish it up. You see those gaining in popularity um, in in the next several years. Absolutely, yeah. A lot of a lot of popularity. So and uh, yeah, we can go into that too, and I'll give you all the details on Barndos. We're we're specializing in those now oh, too. Yeah, and you guys are doing car condos, so we're gonna have to bring you guys back for both yeah, of those. Yeah, a, a big building, right? It's just basically a big building that you could make half of it your home, and the other half 
your your toys, your storage, whatever that mm-hmm. may be. Yeah, you can put up a zip line if you want. I don't care. All right, man. Well, you guys, check it out. Gearheadhomes.com. That's gearheadhomes.com. Uh, Make sure you check that out. Follow along. Uh, check out everything he's looking at because chances are you'd like to look at it too. Uh, same thing on social, Gearhead Homes. Yep. Uh, yeah, just, uh, just look up Gearhead Homes. On, just Google Gearhead Homes. We pop up everywhere. <laughs> there you go, man. And Google our show. We pop up on the Motor Trend Network. Oh, uh, yes, indeed. yeah. What is that? It's a barndo, man. <laughs> you can't hold mm-hmm. up a barndo. I see all that that car space and just get garage gooey. space. <laughs> How small can I make the living yeah. space without my significant other cutting my throat? You know, like depends on your zoning. <laughs> I can give you that information. <laughs> I don't think zoning has anything to do with my uh, significant is- other. She's gonna no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, we'll get to that in the next one, man. All right, anyway, check out our show on the Motor Trend Network. Also available on Motor Trend Plus, which is a streaming format. Great way to find us. Uh, thanks for our guest, Brian, GearheadHomes.com, on social as well. Our producer, Scoop, executive producer, Bob Ecker. He is Kevin Bird, and I'm Willie B for the Two Guys Garage podcast. Yeah, and don't forget our website, TwoGuysGarage.com. And we're on social everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Two Guys Garage. Now, this Two Guys Garage podcast, it's copyrighted, 2024, Britain Productions Incorporated, all rights reserved. Yeah, man, if I ever need to sell my place, I'm definitely calling you, bro. <laughs> no, no, no. You're calling said, me. You're calling me first. <laughs> I get first dibs. If I can't afford it, then you can call Brian. Let somebody else bid on it. <laughs> no doubt, man. No yeah, doubt. I would uh, move to Colorado just for that get up, man. That's, that's man, quite I just a drove through Colorado in November, and I was just, oh, this is beautiful out there. I love it out there. It's we went to yeah, went to gorgeous, Moab man. with the Jeep and uh, spent three days off-roading in Moab, and Colorado's not far from here. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not. It's a good it's place to be, man. Yep. Yeah. yeah, man. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with Brian again because, you know, Barnuminiums is on my brain. So we'll see you on the next Two Guys Garage podcast. Two Guys Garage podcast is a production of Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.